It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 25th, 2020. My name is Phil Frost, and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com from here on Friday afternoon. Happy early weekend to you all. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to do our, some more player evaluations as we talk about Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba season. We'll have a lot more to say about Mo Bamba than Terrence Ross, because Ross, Ross had a decent year, but, but, but pretty pro forma and to expectation. Obviously, Mo Bamba has uh, generated a lot more discussion on, on the interwebs, so to speak. We'll talk about those two players and their seasons as we continue our player evaluation series. Heading into next week, I'm hoping to have a lot of those wrapped up, including a look at both Steve Clifford and Jeff Weltman in the future. So we'll get, get to those uh, coming up here. Hopefully have those done by the beginning of October, start focusing on the draft in the, uh, what was it, six weeks leading up into the draft. So we'll have, we'll have plenty to say about the draft and plenty to say about the team's future as we move forward with the offseason. But before we get to any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching for every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast, you're covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Los Angeles Lakers' big win over the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals? Check out Lockdown Lakers or Lockdown Nuggets. Want a preview of tonight's game or a recap of tonight's game between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat? Check out Locked On Celtics or Locked On Heat. Plus, we've got great podcasts across the sports spectrum. The Jaguars fell to the Miami Dolphins last night. You can check out Locked On Jaguars as well as Locked On Dolphins for a recap of that. Plus, the Tampa Bay Lightning could look to take a commanding series lead in their Stanley Cup playoff battle with the uh, Dallas Stars. You can check out Locked On Lightning for a complete uh, recap and a complete look at the Stanley Cup final. No matter what team it is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. So I wanted to continue um, our our player evaluation series. I'm trying to wrap these up, get these done. Hopefully by the end of next week, week would would be my goal. Um, just discussing how players played throughout the course of the season, how they did, and 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 what that means for the team's future. Um, you know, again, it, it it was it was definitely a frustrating season for a lot of players, uh, and it just wasn't right. Uh, you know, the, the team just wasn't. It, it never felt like the team was completely whole because of injuries, of course. But for a number of reasons, the whole the whole chemistry just didn't mix the same, uh, which of course Steve Clifford warned us about throughout the course of the season. At the end of the day, though, and, and, and I, I true, truly firmly believe this, they still made the playoffs. Um, they were still, to me, a clear playoff team. Obviously, they finished, what, five, six games clear of the Washington Wizards for that final playoff spot. Um, no matter what you want to say about this team or its future, the playoffs should ultimately be their goal. Um, and, and, and honestly, I, I, I would even say this about the 2021 season with the roster as currently constructed, as well as the Eastern Conference in the state that it's in. 
the Magic should expect no less in the playoffs in 2021 too, um, even without Jonathan Isaac. And a lot of that, frankly, is because of the playoff experience that they got. I, I really do believe that the Magic were able to weather all the storms that they faced this season because of the experience that they got in 2019. And I, and I think that really helped them manage the season. And yes, maybe the pressure wasn't as on to win because the other teams in the East got worse somehow. Um, but the Magic were still the ones that came out on top. And I don't think anyone should... I don't think anyone should forget that. I don't think anyone should dismiss that. Um, at the end of the day, and, and, and this is a point I'll probably make more forcefully on a future podcast. At the end of the day, everyone is going for the Magic spot. The Hawks, the Bulls, the Wizards, maybe the Pistons. Um, no matter what happens this offseason, the Magic have that spot. Obviously, they've got to earn it again. I'm not saying that, that, it's a, that it's a birthright, but another team is going to have to prove that they can take it from the Magic. And, and I think that that is certainly still a, a major question uh, facing, facing the rest of the Eastern Conference, but, but we'll get to that um, at a later date. What we need to talk about today, though, is about consistency uh, and about how you play and, and, and what you can rely on on a nightly basis. For most of his career, Terrence Ross was not the picture of consistency. The running joke uh, that that we all have is, you know, whenever Dwayne Casey would come into town with either the Raptors or the Pistons, um, someone in the Magic Media cohort would inevitably ask Casey about Ross's 50-point game. It's famous 50-point game. Uh, and Casey would often joke, well, you know, then then he scored six the next night. It was, it was that, or something to that effect. It's actually 12. Terrence Ross struggled with the Toronto Raptors because... He was always in and out of the starting lineup. They, they, they never really quite knew how to use him or, or how to place him in a role that was optimal. They knew that he could get hot in a hurry, um, obviously evidenced by a 50-point game. But they could never figure out how to get him to do that every single night. And, and, and something that I'm very big on, especially in the regular season, the regular season is about what can you do on your worst night? What can you count on? What can you rely on every night no matter what happens? With very few exceptions. And Terrence Ross, at least with the Raptors, you never really knew what he was going to give you. You never really knew whether it was going to be an on night or an off night. The Orlando Magic, though, have carved out a role for him that has enabled him to find consistency, for lack of a better term. They've carved out a role that enables him to be a, you know, not a, not a dominant player, but a key player to this Magic team, someone that they can trust in big moments. This past season for Terrence Ross was not his strongest, but at the end of the day, he was reliable. He was a guy the Magic turned to off the bench, could fill in those minutes, could, could keep defenses warped. Really, no player on the team warps a defense like Terrence Ross. And they knew he would deliver. And time and time and time again, he did exactly that, figuring out new ways to score, new ways to impact the franchise and impact the game. It was not a great season for Terrence Ross, but it was a very good one nonetheless. 14.7 points per game. 35.1% uh, from me on the arc, a 50.8% effective field goal percentage. Ross has the ultimate green light to shoot. The Magic want him in because he can come off screens and just fire away. He is the one player on the roster that there probably isn't such thing as a bad shot. And to the Magic's credit, you know, I'm sure going against every instinct Steve Clifford has, 
He's kind of given Ross the green light to make those decisions. He's trusted Ross to make decisions of when to shoot and when to hold back. And there are still games where Ross cannot hit the broad side of a barn. Famously, in the bubble, I think he went 0 for 12 in a game against the Philadelphia 76ers, a close game that the Magic could have won if Ross had got if Ross had made a couple shots. Um, and he said after the game, that one was my bad with a couple of poop emojis. Um, the Magic players defended him as they should, um, and and said, "Nope, it's not all on you, you brother." You know all all that stuff. But undoubtedly, there are a lot of times where the Magic rise and fall with Terrence Ross. When Ross is off, when he's not able to shoot, the Magic really, really struggle. Or they can get beat by any team. There's that game last year, remember, when the Magic lost in New York because Ross was like four for twelve, and they were like all good Terrence Ross shots. He just couldn't hit him. But the Magic also rise because of Terrence Ross. In fact. The Magic become a very, very different team when Terrence Ross is playing effectively and is playing well. When he's able to get to 20 points, when he's able to hit four or five big threes, when he's making those key threes, especially in the fourth quarter, just like in 2019, the Magic become a wildly different team, a much more dangerous and potent team. They become not just a, not quote-unquote, just a playoff team. They can indeed become a factor. When it comes to Terrence Ross, consistency is still the thing that he's searching for. But he has found that more than at any time in his career with this Magic team and in this role as the sixth man. In fact, it it still kind of baffles me that he does not get more appreciation as sixth man of the year. Yes, Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams, they deserved to be at the top of the list for that award. I'm not going to argue that. But the fact that Ross wasn't a finalist last year and barely got any notice this year is just kind of wrong. Because Terrence Ross is the perfect sixth man. He's the perfect player to come off the bench, play a little bit of the hot hand, and really change the tenor of a game, really change the tempo and mood of a game. The Milwaukee Bucks knew that. The Milwaukee Bucks went over on screens. They crowded him. They tried to make sure he couldn't get a shot off. And to Terrence Ross's credit, he was one of the few players that changed his game to step up in the playoffs. He averaged 14.7 points per game in the playoffs, or in the, in the regular season. He averaged 16.4 in the playoffs. And while he only shot 33.3% from beyond the arc, he upped his effective field goal percentage to 54.7%. The Bucks did a very good job taking away his open three-pointers, but Ross then started to attack the paint. The two biggest shots in Game 1 were all because of Ross. Or two of the bigger, two of the biggest shots in Game One were all because of Ross. The Bucks went over a screen on Terrence Ross. They had the center kind of hedge him, and Ross cut back door and got a dunk. Very rare to see Ross do that. Then the next play, the Magic tried to set that up again. Ross goes back door, makes a shot. So the Bucks adjust, and that's when Nikola Vucevic popped out for three and made it. Magic won that game by ten. Those were eight critical points in the fourth quarter as the Magic were trying to hold the Bucks off. And Ross kept hitting big shot after big shot in that series. We talk about guys who had good playoff series, who showed up in the playoffs. Nikola Vucevic certainly did. Terrence Ross did as well. At this point, Ross is as valuable to this team as anyone on the roster. In fact, I might argue and might be willing to argue that he could be the most valuable trade asset the Magic have. With three years left on his contract and... Obviously, a, a, a shooting ability that can plug and play with anyone. 
teams should be lining up for him if the Magic made him available on the trade market. I don't know if they will. I don't think they will. Because, of course, the Magic needs shooting too. They need guys with gravity. And no player on this Magic team has the kind of gravity that Terrence Ross has. Now, what do I mean by gravity? What do I mean by any of that? Well, gravity is... It's, it's a loose term. It's a loose metric for... The defense for essentially describing when the defense doesn't leave you. If you are a player with gravity, players stay close to you because you, you, you pull them toward you and that creates space for other players. According to Basketball Index, Ross ranks in the 95th percentile or above in every measure of gra- gravity that the, that the site uses. And again, it's really hard to describe exactly what that means, but it essentially means defenses do not leave him. They play him tight. And as I've often said about Ross, Ross is one of the few tough shot getters in this in this team. He's one of the few guys that can hit a shot over contested and good defense. And that's that's the reality of Terrence Ross. He is vi- if this team wants to make the playoffs in 2021, Terrence Ross will remain vital. And Ross's season was certainly an up and down journey. It wasn't it wasn't a straight line by any means. And part of that was that, yes, Ross also dealt with a minor injury that wasn't enough to keep him out, but was enough to throw him off rhythm for good chunks of the season. He really struggled, especially at the beginning of the season and in the middle of the season before finding his legs again at the All-Star break. Terrence Ross, though, has found a perfect role with the Orlando Magic. I I, I don't think there is any way around that. And the Magic are going to use him to their fullest extent at this point. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Mo Bamba, who, of course, has a much more interesting and lively debate ahead of him. But before we get to that, if you want to gain 20 pounds like Mo Bamba, well, you know, you, you got to do it the right way. You got to do it by, you know, getting in the gym and lifting weights and supplementing and, and all that stuff. And I can tell you if there's one piece of, Supplement or one piece of, of kind of uh, uh, muscle muscle packing that that I can that I could do as someone who's not trying to gain twenty pounds and not trying to be a, a big hulking monster like Mobamba is becoming. Um, I, I turn to Built Bar. If you're like me, a weekend warrior, or just someone who's just trying to stay active and engaged with their body, if you're like me, you're not looking for something complicated. You're not looking for something complex. You're not looking for something full of calories. You're looking for the little energy boost, the little protein boost that gets you to your next appointment, gets you to your next meeting, gets you through your next workout. And that's why Built Bar is the best best protein bar that I've ever had on the, I've ever had and the one that I turn to when I need that energy kick. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Coming in 16 amazing new flavors, it's even more delicious than it was before and that's actually true. I they, they, I have I have some of the old packaging and the old boxes. Um, and those are good. The new stuff is good too. Comes in six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake. Plus the 12 original flavors that include German chocolate, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate. All good stuff. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're the great snack for the health conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for keto diets. 
and come in amazing flavors. Just take a look at the flavor profile of the cookies and cream, which I have tried, and it tastes exactly like cookies and cream. It is not fake. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You will not regret eating this at all, both for taste and, of course, for the protein value it gives you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's let's rip the Band-Aid off a little bit and talk about Obama. Uh, there is probably no player on Twitter or, or among Magic social media that has got generated more debate and discussion. Probably no player, honestly, at this point that is more divisive. I mean, I think people generally know what Nikola Vucevic is, and you know, there's certainly debate on whether the Magic should continue building with him or move on from him in some way. Frankly, that all goes back to Mo Bamba and what you think about him. So we'll talk about that. Um, you know, Evan Fournier, I, I think. Most fans, you know, and, and I would include myself here, kind of know what Evan Fournier is and what ultimately is going to happen with Evan Fournier. There might be some questions about how quickly that needs to happen. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon, I, I think that there's some some debate, but I, I think, you know, like we said, like I said on yesterday's podcast, uh, the writing's a little bit on the wall with him. Um, you know, there there's obviously a lot uh, on the table and a lot to think about with a lot of players, but... A lot of it, frankly, does circle around Mo Bamba, and, and, and because the Magic's draft picks, you know, jo- you know, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Chumo Kiki, um, the draft picks are so vital to a small market. Um, you know, you look, you know, I, 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 I've taken, I, I've frankly taken some heat for my comparison to the Magic's rebuild with the Miami Heat, and you know, I said in both podcasts and in the posts that I wrote about it, the Magic's problem is their drafting has not been sufficient enough to follow this plan. Um, frankly. That is still the biggest weakness for the Magic. Well, I, I don't disagree with the draft picks that they made. Jonathan Isaac, I think, is an all-defensive team-level uh, player. I'll talk about Mo and his season here. Uh, and, and I think Chumo Kiki can be really good, but you know we, we will see. We just don't really know. The bottom line is the Magic need their draft picks to hit. They need to be better about drafting at the end of the first round. They need to be better about p- finding second-round picks and G League players if they want to kind of continue supplementing the roster uh, and building it back up so that it can compete and... Yes, so that they can have players that will make it okay to move on from some of the bigger contracts or consolidate them into the kind of players that take them over the top. I would agree 100% that drafting is still the biggest issue that the Magic face. They're developing players fine. You know, Wessa Wundu's turned into a nice player. Melvin Melvin Frazier made some small steps that that, that very few people could see. Um, But the bottom line is, we're not seeing these young players take over on the court. And I agree that that is a huge problem. And part of that is... We're all waiting on Mo Bamba. I can't tell you over the last 48 hours how many times someone said, Tyler Hero is doing this as a rookie. Why can't our rookies do it this way? And there is something to that. The Magic need impact rookies and guys who can play immediately. And the Magic did not draft Mo Bamba to do that. 
The Magic drafted Mo Bamba knowing that he was going to be a project, that it was going to take a few years. For big guys, it takes a few years anyway. Look at Bam Adebayo. He struggled a little bit in his rookie year. He needed he needed two, two and a half years to really become a strong force. But, but you know, maybe that comparison isn't great because by year two, the Heat knew that they needed to move Hassan Whiteside and make Bam Adebayo the starter. In fact, they did make Bam Adebayo the starter and they took whatever growing pains that he had in the process. The fact of the matter is, Mo Bamba still needs work. Um, and, and this season, while statistically not a strong one, did still show some signs that he was making progress. And honestly, that's what matters. Look, Bamba's scoring went down. It's not it's not pretty. 5.4 points per game. His field goal percentage, roughly the same. 52.6% effective field goal percentage. He made 34.6% of his threes. A center shooting 46.2% from the floor is not good. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Mo Bamba is still not getting in the paint. He's still not rolling to the basket. He's still settling for three-pointers. And it took him nearly the whole year to get up to speed on three-pointers. Um, it took him a while to kind of get a, a good rhythm as a three-point shooter. Now, maybe that's what the Magic want him to be. They want him to be a pick-and-pop player and less of a diver and roller so that the lane is free for Markel Fultz or for whoever to, to attack the basket. But at the end of the day, the Magic will need Mo Bamba to attack the paint. And part of that is his need to add strength. There are just so many elements within Mo Bamba that need to change before he can become a really effective NBA player. The Magic knew this when they drafted him. The Magic knew that it was going to take time for Mo Bamba when they drafted him. The question, though, then, is in year two, did we see signs of progress? Did we see him taking a step up? The Magic threw him out there as a rookie. They did. I know people think that he didn't play a lot of minutes. He averaged only 14.2 minutes per game this year. That's actually down from last season. But the bottom line is, Mo Bamba did take steps forward defensively. Um, you know, and, and while the Magic, the Magic threw him out there last year, and he was clearly hurting the team. You know, I, I, I like Mo Bamba. I didn't think he had a bad season last year, but it was clear that putting Ken Birch there helped the Magic make the playoffs. I'm not certain the Magic would have made the kind of run that they made without Ken Birch providing stability as a backstop defensively. Mo Bamba just didn't know what he was doing yet, and that's okay for a rookie. Rookies make mistakes. You expect mistakes. You just want them to play through them, show good effort, and do their best to recover and learn and get better. The foot injury, the leg injury obviously hurt him. And with leg injuries, especially with big guys, it takes longer to fully recover. And I would I would argue that Bamba's shooting percentages changed completely around in late January, around a year, around a year after the injury was discovered. Um, that's when his season really started to turn. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see it turn fully because of the pandemic. But Bamba did a lot of other really little things that I think deserve recognition. He was a really strong offensive rebound, rebounder. He only averaged 1.6 offensive rebounds, but he had a team-best 18.5% total rebound rate. That means when he was on the floor, he grabbed 18.5% of all rebounds. That's better than anyone on the team. He averaged 3.1 putbacks per 75 possessions, according to Basketball Index, including 4.1 offensive rebounds per 75 possessions. Certainly, his limited time on the floor, and mostly against bench players, prevented him from making a, a bigger impact statistically, but there are all these little markers that show that he was making progress. So, he was able to get rebounds. He was able to get putbacks. He was able to finish around the basket when he, was, you know, when he had the time. The other thing is, his shot blocking is very, very real. The Magic drafted him knowing he had the, long, the, the longest wingspan ever recorded at the NBA Draft Combine. Uh, and he put it to good work. Teams attacked him, and he still beat them. 
averaging three and a half blocks per 36 minutes. And according to uh, basketball index and data from Second Spectrum, opponents shot 14.6 percentage points worse at the rim when Bamba was defending it. Look, teams tried to test Mo Bamba. He was attacked almost as much as any player in the league. Not just because he was a big. And he warded them off. He was exceptionally well defending the rim. So if you want sign of hope that Bamba can become the player we all think he can, it is there. No doubt, it is there. Bamba was a good shot blocker. That's what he was drafted for. That's what he's known for. And his ability to stretch the floor does suggest that he can become a stronger offensive target and a stronger offensive player. But the bottom line was, he just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready for a bigger role. He wasn't ready for for just to start number one, especially with Nikola Vucevic ahead of him in the lineup. The biggest thing that Bamba had to do was add strength. No doubt about it. And so to see him come back from the pandemic, adding 20 pounds of muscle, was extremely encouraging. And in the limited minutes we saw of him during the scrimmages and, and in the bubble, you could tell that that new strength was helping. He was able to battle guys on the glass a lot better. He was able to, to kind of move his weight around, which didn't happen in the regular season. I, I, I want you to go back and watch some of his rebounds. Uh, opposing bigs were able to just move him out of the way on rebounds. He's not a bad rebounder by any stretch, but he can be even better now that he has the strength to muscle people up, to hold his, to hold his ground, and to box guys out. Trust me, as someone who is a small, you put was like a power forward in high school, not particularly strong, I would box guys out and they would still get the rebounds around me because I just, frankly, I just wasn't strong enough to hold them off. I had a couple teammates say, that was a good box out. <laughs> You're just not strong enough. And, and, and I was like, I'm not going to argue that. I, 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 had to work, I had to work on technique more than, more than strength. And, and frankly, that's probably why I'm not playing basketball. I didn't play basketball very long in high school. Just to get that on the NBA level. If you're not strong enough to box a guy out, if you're, you know, yes, yes, work and, and technique matter, but at the end of the day, it's strength on strength. You know, the battle on the glass is a battle. And so Bamba gaining strength is such a huge step, which is why, again, it is so disappointing and so frustrating that he contracted COVID-19, that he had after effects that affected his conditioning and prevented him from playing inside the NBA campus. Because... He would have been a big benefit to the Magic in the playoffs. He would have been a big benefit. The Magic want to get him playoff experience, and now the Magic have been to back-to-back playoffs, and Bamba hasn't played in either of them. He's experienced, certainly, the game prep and game planning of it, but he hasn't experienced actual playoff basketball. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for the team. It's frustrating for the fans. Because I think people want to believe in Mo Bamba. I think people really want to believe in him, but... Yes, we are at a point where we have to start making decisions. Bamba's got two years left on his rookie contract. His team option will almost certainly be picked up for the 2022 season. And Bamba has to start showing not just the gains in the weight room, but the gains on the court. And of course, that is made even more difficult by the fact that, yes, the Magic's best player is ahead of him on the depth chart. As Honestly, I thought Bamba was getting better. He was certainly getting more comfortable. His offense was certainly coming around um, around the All-Star break. But that's about the time that Steve Clifford really starts to tighten his rotations. 
And it's tough to leave Nikola Vucevic off the floor. So that probably leaves eight, 16 to 18 minutes for Bamba to play, and Bamba was routinely playing 12, 14 minutes. Undoubtedly, Bamba needs more time on the court. I, I, I thought he had earned more time on the court, to be perfectly honest. I was eager to see Bamba get that opportunity, especially heading into the playoff stretch. Of course, the pandemic, the injuries, the conditioning issues, that ultimately took a lot of opportunity away. A lot of opportunity to grow, an important opportunity to grow. What the Magic have to hope for is that A, Bamba is healthy and, and is able to work out and, and able to, to get back in the gym. But the Magic have to hope that Bamba comes back from this offseason ready to contribute on a major level, on a bigger level, on a greater level when the season resumes or when the season begins. The Magic have to hope that this is the year that Bamba makes them make a difficult decision. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, everyone's on the table here. The Magic are not going to be not going to be able to sit still again, uh, and the Magic have to consider trading everyone on their roster. And again, I think only Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, probably Chumo Kiki, and probably Mo Bamba are guys that the Magic don't want to move. But they have to. But to do that, to ha- to move a guy like Nikola Vucevic, they have to know that Mo Bamba is ready to start, ready to take over that role, because putting Mo Bamba in there completely changes the Magic's offense completely changes it because Vooch is so important to what the Magic do. Bamba is a good screener. He is a good rebounder. He's a good good at getting putbacks. He's a good, he's a growing, still still needs improvement, still needs consistency, three-point shooter. His defense and his defensive positioning were significantly better. And with teams constantly trying to test him, trying to push him, trying to move him off a spot with his lack of physicality, Bamba got his shots in and stood his ground. He had his moments. But as I said with Terrence Ross, it is not about moments. It is about consistency. It's about what can you do every single night? What can you provide the team every single night? What can you give them even on your bad nights? And I'm not saying Bamba had a lot of bad nights. I thought, again, he had a very good season. But he has to be able to deliver it more often. He has to be able to deliver it consistently. He has to be able to be a guy that pushes for more minutes, to be frank if he wants to stay on this team and he wants to have a, a brighter future in the NBA. Bamba's shown that he's willing to put in the work. Uh, these peop- there, there are certainly people who believe the scouting reports that he's you know a little lazy and lazy and, and, and maybe a little lackadaisical on the court. And I think a lot of that has more to do with gait than actual effort. Some guys, you know, Trace McGrady had that problem. He had the sleepy eyes and people assumed he wasn't trying hard. That's, that's, that's BS. That's BS. Bamba has put in the work. He's proven that he will put in the work. He committed himself during the pandemic to adding the weight that he needed to add in the offseason. And to come back 20 pounds heavier, you know, yeah, still needing to learn how to play and carry that weight, you know, that's certainly still going to be a process too. But to add that weight, to put in that work, to look bigger, and honestly, again, in his small minutes in the bubble, looked, looked better, looked able to hold his own. To do all that shows that he is willing to put in the work. And he's willing to continue with his investment, with the investment in him. The question will be, what does Bamba do to push the Magic to keep him? What does Bamba do to push the Magic to build around him? And that question, frankly, is all on Mo Bamba. Because one thing that Steve Clifford knows, one thing that this Magic front office knows, is you earn your keep in this league. And yes, Nikola Vucevic is a very good player. But if Bamba's putting pressure on him, we all know what this Magic team ceiling is. 
adding another potentially elite defensive player and a rim protector certainly changes a lot of things. And the Magic are planning on that happening if Bamba allows them to do it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open, so send me your mailbag questions on Twitter at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's omagicdaily for both the Twitter account and the Gmail account. That's going to do it for me today, though. I'll see you all again. I'm hoping to have an episode up for you Sunday afternoon. Like I said, I'm trying to start a different recording schedule where I'm recording a little bit more with podcasts releasing in the afternoon. So I am going to shift that schedule. I'm trying to still shift that schedule a little bit. I'm hoping to still go five days a week during the offseason for a little while. Might go down to four uh, on occasion. Um, that I am planning to continue continue doing daily podcasts roughly uh, through the offseason. We'll obviously ramp up a little bit in the draft. And of course, if there's any breaking news, if there's anything major that I have to comment on in, in, in real time, there'll be a podcast for you uh, immediately on that front. But until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.